The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Alrighty. I don't need this foolishness. I'm going home. I'm going to bed. Need this crap. By the way, good job last week playing the end of the song at the end. Like all the way to that last note. I love that. Don't mind just a little It's driving me out of my mind Alrighty, let's get this show on the road, shall we? The show that shouldn't happen Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast, kind of Here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe Hi, it's up to guys, Smoke Shop In Salem, New Hampshire It is our monthly visit with the Methuen Mayor And boy, what a great week we have Um... This week to have him on the show because all kinds of fireworks at the Methuen City Council meeting. It really does seem like every one of these people think they're the mayor. They all think they're the mayor. They want to micromanage. Did the chief go into the side door when he comes into work? Did he go into the Did he go into the front door? Is that appropriate? Did he transfer? Uh, did Did he have a, a a patrolman? Did he transfer it from the east end to the west end? That's mismanagement. And it just seems like these guys all think they're the friggin' mayor. All of them, with the exception. I have to say, there's always an exception, and this time the exception is Nick DiZoglio, believe it or not. Who would have thought, Maya, who would have thought during the last election that Nick DiZoglio would be the voice of reason on the Methuen City Council? <laughs> like, I, I don't get that at all, but I'm happy to give him credit. And I've had people call me say, Tom, you ripped the crap out of this guy for the last four years, and now you're being buddy-buddy with him. What's buddy, up? Buddy. Yeah. What's up with that? Because everybody thinks that this stuff is personal. They think that when I'm ripping on him, it's because I don't like him. Mm. And then suddenly he does something good, and I give him credit, and they, they don't understand that. Like, we thought you didn't like him. Why are you, doing, why are you saying nice things? And, and I have to keep reminding people in this political environment that just because you do everything based on personal stuff, and you make your decisions based on personality, and you make your decision based on who you like and you don't like, doesn't mean I do. And I don't. And I'll tell you right now, I, there's nobody I dislike in Methuen right now more than Steve Saber. But if he came out tomorrow and he proposed something that was good for the city and, and he, he did it the right way, I would be writing a story saying Steve Saber's right. And then I'd be getting phone calls. I thought you hated Steve Saber. I do hate Steve Saber. That doesn't mean he's always wrong. And when he's right, I have to, it's kind of like being a cop, right? Because mm-hmm. you came from a line of cops. I, I did, did too. You know, if, if, you, if your best friend is a cop and you're drunk driving and he pulls you over, He's got to arrest you. That's his job. 
And, and it's the same. He can't just say, oh, well, you're my friend. I'm going to let you drunk drive and go kill somebody. Yeah. He's got to lock you up. And so I see my job the same way. Even though I'm friendly with Neil, I'm friendly with a lot of the people in this business. I didn't say friends. I said friendly. Relax. Take it easy. Um, but you know what? When I, I love everybody. When, 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 when I love everyone. Let's when, get that out there. When, Neil, when I think Neil does something that's wrong or I think yeah. he's, he's misguided or something, I'm misguided? The, I'm the first one to call him up. Was I not the first? Even though I took a lot of crap yeah. for being your puppet, puppet, was I not the only person in the press that called you out when you hired Tom Lucier and said how it was going to end and it ended that way? The only person in the press, yes. Right. So the Tribune didn't do it. Thune Life didn't do it. Nope. Tim Wood didn't do it. Nope. Nobody else. I'm the one that did it, and yet I'm the guy that's the puppet. You're so the puppet. people can spread whatever they want. Right, yeah. yeah. You're a puppet for Sharon Pollard. I'm a puppet for you. Everybody's a puppet. I am what? You're a puppet for Sharon Pollard, according to Jim McCarty. Nah, he it's, doesn't think that. Oh, you know, he does. Nah. He's told me that to my face. Nah, he doesn't think that. Oh, yeah, he really does. Okay. He and Steve Saber and... Um, nah. And uh, sadly, Mike... Senior Samad. moment. Sadly, Mike Samad. Senior well, moment for Well, no, no. It wasn't a senior moment. I was debating whether or not I should say the name, but it's Mike Samad. <laughs> I'm going to say the name because... I don't think Mike Samad thinks I'm a puppet for Sharon Paul. After he reads my column, I'm pretty sure he won't. he's not going to be talking to me. Who, Mike? Yeah. Oh, I... All right, so we've got the mayor of Methuen here. Uh, I, I want to thank all of our sponsors. I want to thank uh, JG's Ice Cream. We love JG's Ice Cream. Chocolate be, marshmallow, it's the best. I'm going to be stopping there on my way on my way after the show because we promised uh, all the kids. Chief Solomon paid for the food during scholarship day, and he gave us, I think, $250, and we spent like $50. Wow. So we took the other 100 and we said we when the kids were here, we told them we were going to use the extra 100 to get them gift certificates at JG's. Bad math skills, but yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 200 uh, minus 50 equals 100. What happened? New math. Just checking. It was like $100. I don't know. Well, listen, I went to Lawrence High School. Don't ever check my math. Don't ever check my math. All right. Who that's else? A, that's a good subject to st- do your advertisers so we can talk about the good stuff. Yeah. So we've got um, we've got uh, JG's Ice Cream. We've got AFC Urgent Care also. Um, AFC Urgent Care. You know, we love them. We, Lisa, I love you. You're the best. She, called, the me, she called me five times and said, did Neil answer your text yeah. message yet? And I'm yeah. like, no, he still hasn't answered Neil's, me yet. So. Uh, Neil's a working guy. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. So how do I reach you like when it's business-related, work-related? Call the and, office. Yeah. I have to call the office like well, like everybody else? So, so that doesn't I, seem right. I don't – I don't. Uh, you know, I have my personal cell phone. I, I think people think I sit there and answer my personal text during the day. I don't. Yeah, most people do that. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. There's, there's uh, only a couple people in my office now. It's pretty hectic. So the days fly by. That's the good news. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I check my cell phone usually beginning and end of the day. So Lisa called me last week because what she wanted to do was she was watching your school committee meeting on yeah. my feed. Yep. And she heard that you guys are going to be buying Chromebooks for the kids. And she said, hey, I have an idea. She called me. She said, I have an idea. Why don't we do like a charity poker tournament at Two Guys Smoke Shop? Mm. And the money that we raise, we'll give to. And she said she'd kick in. She'd do like the first $1,000 donation or whatever. And we'll and we'll use it to buy Chromebooks for the kids that can't afford it if, there's, if there isn't enough money in the budget for all of it. And then, of course, I, I, I couldn't reach you. So we, we never got an answer on that. Of course, but we, I we couldn't would love reach to. you. So we, we would love to do that if, if, if that's something that's, uh, that's needed. If it's not needed, then we'll find another way to help out. Well, I think the school department has prepared adequately for everybody. Okay. Um, what would be a good idea yeah. would be um, mobile hotspots. 
How much does something like that cost? Less than a Chromebook. Really? Yep. All right. Well, I'll talk to Lisa because yep. we've been wanting to do a, uh, another poker tournament, so we're going to try and do that. I also want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Janet McLennan, love her. I'm going to yep. marry her someday. Matt just turned 50. Happy birthday, Matt. 50? Really? 50. 50. He, he looks like he's like 30. Yeah. Every time I see him, I want to call him a kid. He puts great pictures of uh, cooked items on the... Oh, he's, like a food, he's a oh, foodie? Oh, God, yeah. See, so, yeah. you know, that I didn't know, but what I do see from Matt uh, every day is he's part of that Headbangers Ball yeah. page on Facebook, yep, yep. and he's into like all Iron Maiden, all the stuff that I listened to when I was in high school, Iron Maiden, yeah. Scorpions, stuff like that. Um, so I love that. Uh, we also want to thank Ron Marsan, Marsan and Son Construction. If you need like a, this would be a good time to like get your roof fixed or put on a new addition, maybe fix your porch, give Ron Marsan a call, Marsan and Son, not Sons. Apparently, he's only got one. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Lenny Mera, a new sponsor. State Representative Lenny Mera, we're going to try and get him in before the election. Uh, he's in trouble. Now, you know he's going to be mad at me for saying that, but he's in trouble. Uh, he's a Republican. He's on the ballot with Donald Trump at the top. And we all know what's going to happen in November. The D's are going to come out in droves to vote against Donald Trump. The D's. <laughs> The D's are going to come down. They're going to come out and, and they're going to go D straight down the ticket. I've seen it in. Uh, I what see about the eyes? The 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 well the yeah. eyes the eyes are very interesting in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They generally vote Democrat. They generally vote seventy percent of the eyes vote Democrat. So if you're a Republican, you're going to get your ten percent base out of the Republican Party, maybe thirty percent out of the Independents, and then you've really got to eat into a Democrat vote in order to win. Yeah. So you look at guys like Bruce Tarr, who's been a state senator for as long as I can remember, maybe at least at least sixteen years. Um, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. And Lenny Mera, who's a Republican, is also in trouble. And they need your donations and they need your support if they're going to get reelected. The only other Republican that I know is Jim Kelkos, who I think has an opponent. And if he does, he's also in trouble yeah. just by virtue of having the R next to his name. So we, we, we support Lenny. Lenny's always helped us with our scholarships. He always helps us with, our, with homeless stuff. He helps us with a lot of things and always says, Please don't tell anybody. I don't want them to think I'm doing it because I want votes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that he does it anyway because that's the kind of guy that he is. Mm-hmm. also want to thank uh, who else is our new sponsor. Uh, oh, a, a Clear Path New England. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows that I was a big guy for Veterans Northeast Outreach. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that schmuck, uh, Ed Mitchell, got hired to replace John Radka. And he wants to take it and turn it into a for-profit organization so they can make money on homeless veterans, which I find absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I stopped recommending people give them money and items, and I am now working with Clearpath New England. I think they're out of the Worcester area, but they do have local offices in Lawrence and Methuen. So if you know a veteran that needs uh, housing, that needs benefits, that needs to just you know get their Social Security stuff together, uh, give Clearpath New England a call. You can actually see there. Uh, I'll have the phone number. I'll, uh, I'll do a graphic for the phone number for the front for the next edition. Yep. Uh, but they're... Um, their ad is in the Valley Patriot. And do we, do we leave anybody? Else? Oh, of course, Pirelli's Dally. So glad they're back the open. Best. So glad they're back open. If I had had time today, I would have gone and gotten you your, don't tell me, grilled bologna sandwich. Grilled, grilled bologna cheese. cheese. Yeah. Right, yeah. sandwich. I haven't if had, had time, one since the gallbladder surgery. but yeah. uh, Are you allowed to have it? Oh, you should, I am. right? Yeah. I am, yeah. yeah. So, Mayor, um, uh, the two things I don't want to talk about today. Oh, is the schools and COVID nineteen? Oh come on! Because everybody's just sick of it. We're all just so sick They're of schools. Not sick of it, and we're sick of coronavirus. No, no, no. There's we plenty are of parents sick that of want it. to talk about schools. There's, I, 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 when I put your picture on the front page of the paper to, to promote, <laughs> you did? Yeah, you know, like I have the index, 
and I usually have Al Caprillion up at the top, but I replaced it with you. Uh-oh. But I replaced it with you wearing a mask because you're a mask guy. You're the guy that runs around with masks everywhere. You think masks actually work. So I said... Yeah, far be it for me to use facts because they do. But well, no, you, have yeah, to, you, have to, you yeah. say you follow the science, but the science, the CDC said last week that the masks don't really work. Yeah. But nobody reads that. No, yeah. People believe the one they want to believe, and then when the CDC says, no, that's not true, oh, they, I agree they, with just one party they just forget people that. People believe what they want to believe. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, living, I, breathing I, proof. I prefer to... Uh-huh. I, I prefer to follow the science. Do you? Yes. Yeah. And the science says that it's not easily transmissible off surfaces, the way we were originally told. Yeah. yeah. It says that children do not get it, it either don't get it, uh, or if they uh, get it, they, uh, they don't uh, get uh, sick. Uh, 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 what's this? Stop. That's not what, what science I, says there, Mr. Factoid. Yeah. What percentage of Bill, children... Listen, Bill what percentage, Nye Jr. What percentage of children have gotten COVID-19 and gotten sick? So you, do you know? You're, you're looking Because I know. You're I know the facts and data. Are you going to let me talk? You were going uh, uh, you through me mine. On the show. Well, I, I was, so I'm, I'm just returning yeah. the favor. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so uh, we are tracking the new cases in Methuen, um, yep. and uh, children are getting it. And more important, so if you want to say children don't die from it, some children don't die for it. Any child with an underlying medical situation, don't worry about that. It doesn't okay. bother me. All right, good. Um, can have an impact to it, could be serious, um, and they can transmit it. So I have an obligation, we have an obligation to protect our teachers, our staff, our administration, uh, the parents, the uncles, the grandparents, the people that can get impacted. Even Mass General Hospital did a study that talked about children can be unknown carriers of the virus mm-hmm. and can deliver it to people who it's far more lethal to, right? All right. So the facts and data say that children can get it. In the last three weeks of Methuen, we have had 10... Ten school-aged children get it. Ten. Ten. How many school-aged kids do you have? Weeks. Seven thousand. Seven. Ten out of seven thousand. That's pretty good. Well, but when you're doing a risk, hang I mean, on. Don't hang say on. one's too many because I'm so tired of hearing hang that. Hang on. When I'm you not going to say that. All right. So we, we haven't gone back to school yet, right? Uh-huh. We haven't put them all together, mm-hmm. and they're still getting it. Mm-hmm. So one thing that's irrefutable is COVID um, is impacted by um, the compactness of your living space. Right, mm-hmm. so the closer in the people live, bigger cities. Look at New York City. Look at Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Right, the the closer people live together, the greater the impact of COVID. That's plus, a fact. Plus, Lawrence has fifteen nursing homes. Yeah, Methuen has quite a few too. Yeah, but not as many as Lawrence. No, but we had and not as crowded as Lawrence. No, and uh, but we did have. If you look at our statistics for, you know, the March, April, May timeframe. Um, until we get out in front of the nursing homes and the assisted living facilities, that was where the greatest impact is. And from a lethality perspective, that's where the greatest risk is. Right. Right. And this is the smartest virus I've ever seen in my life. Smart. When you hit the border of New Hampshire. It stops. It, it, it immediately stops. I go to T-Bones. Nobody's wearing masks. Yeah. Everybody's walking around. Yeah. Nobody's social distancing. And there's yeah. no spike in New Hampshire. Yeah. And I see all these Methuen people because yeah. they can't they can't they, shop in Methuen because half the things are closed at 30% capacity and all that crap. <laughs> and they come up to New Hampshire and they're going to McDonald's and they're going to Burger yeah. King and they're going to, yeah. they're, they're going to uh, the Market Basket. And there's been no spike. Yeah. There's been no spike in they this area. They said the same thing in Maine. Yeah. There's right? been no spike. They said the same thing in Maine, and then they had a wedding in Millinocket. Did you read that story? Mm-hmm. 62 people attended the wedding. Mm-hmm. They are directly attributable to 338 cases of COVID, including a fatality. How many, so, out of how many thousands? Hey, I'm missing the point. It's not a math exercise. It, it, wait, wait, but you can't say you're the facts and data guy, then dismiss the facts and data when, you, when it doesn't comport with what you want to believe. So Okay. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that the number of COVID positive 
children will rise when we go back to school or not? Uh, yes, I believe I, I believe it will rise. Absolutely. The number of cases, not the number of sicknesses. Yeah. And sicknesses will probably go up a little bit. Yep. Right? But going back to like, and again, I didn't want to talk about COVID. But, I know. But I sucked you right you in. You did. But going back to like the who's very, the host and the, who's the guest? The, going back to the very <laughs> going back to the very first show that I did during COVID, the yeah. show I did after they shut everything down. Yeah, I said it then, and I'm going to say it now because it's still true. Yeah, whether we close down for a year, five years, or one day, the result is going to be the same when we open up. People are going to mix, and yeah. it's going to spread, yeah. and eventually it's going to spread to enough people that will get herd immunity. Yeah. and the more we lock down, and the more we're wearing masks, and the more we're social distancing. The longer it's going to take for that to finally happen, yeah, and it just seems like we're prolonging it. We think yeah. we're doing a good thing. I think people. I'm going to well respectfully intended. disagree, All and right. I'm going to answer your herd immunity with a one-word answer: All Sweden. Right. Yeah, Sweden. Right? They they use the they're herd doing immunity. pretty good. They were. They are. They're still doing pretty good. No, they're not. They're not doing as you well. To, they're not doing yeah. as well as they were, but they're still doing yeah. way better than we are. Yeah, way well, better. So is Taiwan. Yeah, way so, better than we are. I, I think one of the thing is uh, discipline. You know, we got to, you know, it's a hard thing. Right. So I'm worried about the businesses that are being impacted. We're, you know, we're. What are you doing as mayor for the small businesses, the hair salons, the places that have been economically crippled by this? What are you and the city of Methuen doing to try and help them? We're making money available to them. You are. Yeah. So we have $400,000 is going to be announced. It's been announced, but uh, there'll be description of it. It's it's, it's actually on the agenda for the city council for Tuesday night. Oh, wait. The city council has to approve it? Uh, They'll they'll approve it. No problem. Yeah. That's a 50-50. Nah. Nah. What if one of those businesses? Great bunch of, what if, of what if one of those businesses is the third cousin's mailman's babysitter of Sharon Pollard? They're going to be voting no. <laughs> They're going to be like, no, no, no. no this guy's carpenter once hired Sharon Pollard's third cousin. No, no. We can't do this. Yeah, we're going to have to rein you in. So they they don't get to vote on which businesses get the, uh, you know. So that four hundred thousand will be apportioned into small pieces that go to, uh, and it's targeted at micro businesses, five employees or less. Um, and so, um, you know, we're going to go out to the people that have been impacted um, and tell them how to apply. Um, so city council gets to vote on the appropriation of the grant, the CDBG grant. Mm-hmm. And then the process of um, administering it falls to the city to build Buckley's department. Um, and that's a good thing. So, um, you know, th- we're looking forward to this. And if you're a micro business in Methuen, um, somebody who's got, you know, five employees or less, and you're impacted by COVID, and I can think of several off the top of my head, you should be applying to the city for some of that money. So, Mayor, and during the meeting this week, mm-hmm. um, the, the past week or the one th- this week, okay, um, the city council prior to this meeting mm-hmm. voted to spend eighty thousand dollars of our money to have an audit of the police station. Am I right on that? It's about eighty thousand, eighty-five thousand, eighty-seven thousand. Okay, so I was giving them, and that's something that I brought forward. That was from my campaign because mm-hmm. we need to dispel all the rumors and myths, and we need a, a an overall audit of the police department, not just the building, right? So right. the processes, uh, the practicality, and that is ongoing. A survey's been done of all the uh, employees, civilian and sworn, in the police department, uh, of which there are one hundred and fourteen, if I remember correct. 92 have answered that survey, mm-hmm. right? So we're moving on to step two, which are one-on-one interviews. Um, they're also looking at um, policies and procedures. Um, they're also looking at, you know, per my instructions, the structure of the police department itself. 
how it's organized. They're going to compare us to similar size cities, uh, similar geography, because Methuen, uh, I, I give you an example, Methuen and Lawrence, while their neighbors are very different. Lawrence is seven square miles with a lot more people in it. And Methuen's 20, I think it's about 110,000 in Lawrence, it's seven square miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Methuen, count the illegals. It, Oh, God, there it is. Uh, and then uh, it's 27 square miles, and it's about 52,000 people. Right. Right. And certain crimes. So they're going to make recommendations um, to myself that will be presented and shared publicly um, on what the st- structure of the department should be. And that's what we paid them to do. And that's what we want them to do. And they want to identify the things that we do well as a police department and the things that we don't do well. And that includes management and other aspects. But the city councilors who have been calling Joe Solomon evil, Darth Vader, corrupt, mismanaging his department, kicks puppies on Sundays, and oh, the worst of all, he smokes a cigar in his car, in his city-owned car. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he smokes a cigar. Not that. Anything but that. And they've been making all these accusations, criminal conspiracies, all this corruption. And after they voted to spend $87,000 of our money, and I say it's our money because you guys borrowed $4 million from the state. Um, so you're actually kind of working on our, you're actually kind of working on our dime now uh, in Methuen. No. Um, no, we're not working. You're no. not working on our dime? No. no. No? You didn't balance your budget with $4 million you borrowed from the state? That was uh, long before I took office. No, I'm not you saying you. I'm using that every you year. Meaning, no. You meaning. No. Yeah. Uh, this administration delivered $3.1 million positive to the bottom line. Excellent. In Excellent. the black, adding to free cash, operating fiscally conservative despite certain people saying I'm a spender, right? Yeah, so, Jessica likes to say that just because it sounds I didn't good. name anybody. No, I did. Okay. I did. Um, so the city council voted to spend $87,000 on a police audit. That I requested. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm never going to finish a sentence with this yeah. guy. Ever. Yeah. So after spending $87,000 of taxpayer money for an audit, a management audit of the police department to find out if Joe Solomon is mismanaging his department, to find out if Joe Solomon is corrupt, to find out if what's going on in the police department behind the rumors and behind the scenes are true, rather than wait for the result of that audit as they all promised to do, They've now decided that, no, 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 we're not going to wait anymore. We're just going to call him a bunch of names, accuse him of things he has nothing to do with, and take a vote of no confidence because they know that the public feeling about Joe Solomon right now is very negative based because of how much money he makes. So I've said to all of them, DJ Beauregard, Mike Samad, I've said to all the, all the ones that I talked to, the only one I don't really talk to is, is Saba, but I've said to all the ones that I talked to, show me proof that Joe Solomon is corrupt and I'll write that story. Oh, you're, you're in his pocket, Tom. Tom, you can't be trusted, Tom, I'm told. Mm-hmm. And I say, listen, if you think for one minute that I'm going to side with a corrupt cop who, if, if a cop is corrupt, he's spitting in the face of everything my father lived and died for. And if you think for one minute that because Joe Solomon's my friend, if you bring me proof that he's stealing money or he's corrupt in some way, that I'm going to look the other way for that, then you obviously have not paid attention to anything that my life has been about since we've known, since we've met each other. It's, no, you, you, you're owned by him. No, no. Well, so show me the proof. Show me the proof. And they haven't been able to do it. DJ Borgad called him mismanagement and called it corruption. And I called him after the meeting and said, where's the proof? You can't make that kind of an accusation in public. Take it from someone that gets sued all the time. You can't make that kind of an accusation in public and then not give the public the facts. So they voted, they vote, first they asked the, 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 I think the most telling thing with this was, Mike Samad 
continues to say that he's not training his men adequately because uh, for the last four years, they have not, the Thorn police have not received their state mandated training. And the reason for that, as the chief said, and the minutes back up, is because for the last four years, he has submitted to send his men to training and the council cut the funding. So the council and the mayor have both denied him, not prior to you, the ability to train his men the way state regulations say they're supposed to be trained. Mm -hmm. And then they take a vote of no confidence based on the fact that he's not training his men. And when Joe Solomon explained this to them and said, look, here's the, here's the documents. I've requested the money for training. You guys, you guys keep cutting my budget. His answer was, well, you never take responsibility for anything, do you? You're never to blame for anything. Like, like as if what he said didn't even happen. As if, as if explaining that situation, I don't know if he was doing his laundry list in his head or what. And then they took a vote of no confidence based on these, based on these things that, look, show me he's doing something wrong and I'll cheer you on if you want to take a vote of no confidence. Yeah. Maya, you've been in this job for eight months. You've been working. You've been working. Eight with, glorious months. Yeah, you've been. It's been rough. I and I do feel bad. Even since the day you got elected, it's been really rough. I love the job. I know I you do. I love I'm the just job. Hoping, I love the people. I'm hoping it's smoother sailing for you as we go. But you've been in this job. Iceberg for, dead ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in this job eight months. Yeah. Have you seen anything in your eight months? You work day to day with the chief. You talk to all the employees. I'm sure they're all giving you uh, a heads up on as many things as they can. Have you seen anything worthy of firing Joe Solomon? Have you seen any evidence that says to you as the chief executive officer, yeah, this guy's got to go? Well, there's a lo it's a loaded question. So I'm, I'm not. So That's the question I was told to ask. Yeah. So uh, here's what I'd say to you. Um, so um, the chief is a department head like every other department head. Mm -hmm. And they have a budget and there are line items for the budget. How they manage the but the line items within their budget is up to them. Right, right. So um, you got to be careful because the chief was able to give money back, and he would say, "Well, May, you wanted me to. I did. Uh, that's true." Uh, wait, wait. The chief gave money back. Huh? We don't hear that from the city council. Oh, how much? Did. How much did he give back? Almost eight hundred thousand dollars. Wait a minute. This isn't even new to me. I watch all the meetings. Yeah. The chief gave back almost like, more than eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. To the city. Yeah. But he's mismanaging his department. Well, so. It's it's not the money he has is the city's money, right? But it's allocated right. so to his department. It's allocated to his department, um, and he gave it back. So did every other department because right. I, I crunched down on the spending, right? But I would say this to you: um, so, in my heart of hearts, do I think we could have sent people to the reserve training academy? I do, the full time academy. Mm -hmm. I do. It's all how you manage the budget. Now that's that's not a fireable offense in my mind, but you know it, it goes into the question of, um, and I'm going to give you the answer that people are going to hate. So I've already dealt with the question of the intermittence, and I don't know if you know this or not. So I've ruled against the intermittence. So an intermittent police officer is a cop that's gone, that's that's been approved by civil service, but has not gone through the academy. No, no, no. An intermittent officer is an officer who's appointed under the Act of 1945, Section 201, which is unique to Methuen. It deals only with Methuen, and um, the intermittents that we have in Methuen, who were intended to be part-time, became full-time, okay. and became working patrol officers. And from my perspective, there's liability associated with that, because they did not go to the academy. The rules and the regulation, the laws, say that you have a one-time 270-day waiver where you can put somebody on the street before you send them to the academy. That's right. it. 
Right. Right? So that's what an intermittent is. It's someone yeah. that's been hired but not gone through the academy. Right. And not this through is, the full-time academy. Full-time academy. Yeah. So this seems to be a big thing with Mike Saman. He yeah. just, he, it just is a big, big thing for him. Yeah. Um, and, and I've talked to Methuen Cobb, some that like Joe, some yeah. that don't, yeah. who said that they were intermittents before they came on board. Yeah. And they actually found that when they went to the academy, it made more sense to them and more of what they learned at the academy yeah. stuck yeah. because they had the on-the-street training. So yeah. they, they understood what was being discussed. Yeah, my, it wasn't abstract. My feedback to you is you could do that with reserves too. Okay. So we're a civil service community. Intermittents aren't recognized at all by civil service. Mm-hmm. And that's the big difference. So reserves and uh, full-time patrolmen are... Um, and the decision I made in the May-June time frame. So we, we had reduction. Uh, um, so when I went around doing impact bargaining with all the sections of the city, um, some of the unions took concessions, which were furloughs and, and you know, freezing their pay. Um, some didn't. Uh, you know, the patrolman's union is one that didn't. And this isn't doesn't make them good or bad guys. Mm-hmm. They, they said they didn't want to take the concession because of, you know, Previous historical examples, and it is what it is. But when the chief didn't want to take a cut, he got a vote of no confidence oh, out well, of it. Let me finish. All right, good. Um, so um, I lost my train of thought because you interrupted me. Intermittence. Oh, so we so we had to reduce officers. So we we appealed to civil service, and the ruling we got from civil service is the intermittent officers go first. Okay. Right before the, the reserves. Yeah. Before the full-time, any full-time patrolman or reserves because they have no standing with civil service. I see. And that's, you know, that that's a tough thing for, uh, I, I think a lot of people uh, who are connected to the intermittents think I've got a, an issue with any one of the intermittents personally. It's got nothing to do with the personal. What I did was I read the laws. And just I apply applied it. the laws, right. right? And if I do anything different, then, you know, I'm no better than any Tom, Dick, or Harry. Right. So I read the laws. Um I applied the laws. The Patrolman's Association is going to grieve that. There'll be an arbitration hearing in November. And I will take, you know, the 1945 Act, the MPTC training requirements from the state, um, and the job description of an intermittent police officer from the Methuen Police job descriptions. Mm-hmm. And I will take those and say, these tell me um, what these people should be. Right. Right? Permanent part-time intermittents, right? Okay. Um, and so they, you know, we, we had a financial reduction because we had a gap of some seven million dollars between what we forecast coming from the state. We tightened our belts everywhere. I took a twelve thousand dollar pay cut. I didn't want to do that, right? But it was, uh, you know, I was only making. And that 80. impacted me because you had yeah. to cancel your ads in the Valley Patriot right. because of that. Well, you you sticking me up left and right here. I know. So, um, you know, the bottom line is um, uh, those people got laid off. Right, and I say this publicly, and people will use this tape. Probably, I have no personal grudge against any of the individuals who are intermittents. It's not personal for me, and people can say, "Yeah, you're a jerk to say that because it's personal." I get that it affects people personally. Well, it's certainly personal for the city councilors because they have a beef with a specific intermittent. And I'm even going to say who it is. It's Sean Fountain, right? I don't think it is. I don't think it. I think their beef is with the intermittents. The, the process. So the root cause is that 1945 act. And if you paid attention the other night, you heard me say, I'm going to go to our state reps and tell them, nuke that act, get rid of that act, because it's the root cause, right? right. So right. it leads to, we're a civil service community. We need to hire reserves and then full-time patrolmen. And now, it's that simple. didn't the city council take the police chief out of civil service? Didn't they vote last year or the I'm year before? I'm not sure about that. I think they did. Yeah. And I think that's a horrible thing. I know Lawrence did it a few years ago yeah. for police and fire. Yeah. 
and it 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 just makes it creates a puppet. Yeah. Right. It creates a it creates a chief who's afraid to actually make a law enforcement decision because yeah. he's worried about the politics because he's not protected by civil yeah. service. Do you know Chief Vask? I do very well. I went to so school I get, with him. I gotta I gotta do a shout out to Chief Vask because uh, good guy. I'm interested in doing the cameras in the yep. one. Yep. And uh, he took time out of his busy schedule to walk me through how he set up Lawrence, and mm-hmm. I, I want to tell you, amazing. Yeah. Amazing job. Yeah. I was totally against all yeah, of that. So thank you, Chief Vask. Great job. But I have to say, despite the fact that I'm totally against it for other reasons because yeah. I'm a civil libertarian, ah. it it is a tremendous law enforcement tool when a shooting happens or something major happens. Correct. And you know, one of the things that, that Roy said when he was here a couple of weeks ago, he said, people think we're sitting there watching the cameras all day. That's not the case. Correct. What happens is we get a call that there's a shooting, we respond to the shooting, then we go to the cameras and we go back to the time of the shooting to see if we can see a license plate or yep. something. Yep. And it's really helped them out, which I think is great. I just worry though. I they wor- showed me a stick up. Uh, should I say a, a guy robbing another guy. Yeah. So they respond to the scene, um, and one individual is robbing the other one with a knife. When they get there, no one's got a knife, and both parties are accusing each other of being the aggressor. Right. Right. They roll the tape back, and now they know what happened to the knife and where it went. Right. And that's so you make an important point because I have to sit down with the ACLU when we do it in Methuen. Uh, the intention is not to peek in your skylight or peek in your bedroom window. That's, right. that's not. We're going to put it um, in the entrances and the egresses of the city so that we can see the comings and goings um, and some certain spots that are high traffic or high incident. Rates, right. Like right? the Arlington neighborhood desperately needs cameras. And we've we've got a bunch of those. So we've selected our first 40 plus locations. And in, 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 you know, if you pay attention in mid-September, I'm doing the RFP this weekend. We'll go out, so probably closer to the end of September, we'll go to council, and I've already talked to people, my beloved friend Linda Susie from the Arlington neighborhood. She's great. She's the best. And so we're going to go to uh, council and talk to them about what we want to do with the cameras. And, 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 you know, if council approves, then we'll go to the ACLU and say, the intent is not to monitor them 24-7. The intent is to use them to try to, you know, solve issues. Let me play play devil's advocate for the ACLU. I I can't believe I'm saying that, but I do agree with them on this stuff. Because I'm a a First Amendment guy. Are you? The intent might not be... You strike me more as a Second Amendment kind of guy. I'm I'm both. See, I I got my Second Amendment hat that I always wear on the show. I'm trying to read that t-shirt, you know. Oh, it says, um, Cops for Trump. Uh Ah. 2020. Oh, my police friends gave it to me. My concern is not that the intent is to look in people's windows. My concern is that police officers are people. And we, there are bad cops out there, just like there are bad doctors, bad podcast hosts, bad mayors, bad city councilors. There are bad mayors? Yes, there are, yeah. Do you know any? Uh, the guy before you. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and so what, I, what I worry about is that there's going to be a cop out there who's got a girlfriend that he's stalking or that there's something going or, or, that, he, or that he's just nosy and he can, he can point that camera. I looked at the cameras in Lawrence. It's high def. They've got the ability, not that they're doing it, but they've got the ability to look into your look into your living room if your window's open, to look and yeah. see what's on the on the front seat of your car. You can literally read the newspaper on the front seat of someone's car if yeah. you zoom in on one of those cameras. Yeah. And that's what my concern is. My concern. Well, the answer for Chief Vast. Right, I can tell ahead. you they're not doing that. Right. I know so they're, they're not, not doing it. I, but I worry about what happens after Chief Vast. What happens? Yeah. The chief after him and the chief after him. Yeah. We know once the camel's nose of government is in the tent. Oh. We know that eventually there's going to be abuses, and so I just want. 
you and yeah. Lawrence to do everything you can to try and pass policies yeah, so and be very I, strict. You beat me to the answer. So the policies, so uh, the cameras are a physical aspect, the policies on how you use them, which should be shared with the public. So I'm going to use the T word that gets overused, transparency, right? Mm-hmm. The public has a right to know what we're doing. So w- we don't have enough funding to pay people to watch the cameras Full-time, right. 24-7. Right. That's the reality. So what's going to happen is incidents will happen. So let's say um, Pelham Street up by the Dunkin' Donuts Mm -hmm. in Heavenly. um, That's a high accident area intersection. Yeah. So you're driving a car. I'm driving a car. We bang together. When the police officer gets there, I say, you ran a red light. You say, he ran a red light. Right. Right. Now we can tell who ran the red light, Right. right, versus... Um, I can't deduce, you know, right. who's lying, who's telling the truth. Um, so that's the benefit to it, and and you know, you need to share those policies with the um, with the people so they understand that you're not. To, so I agree with you. Y- y- you know, you don't want people peeking in houses, and uh, you know, to comfort the residents of Methuen, we're looking at a phased approach, and this first phase is going to be forty plus cameras. Right, that's a lot of cameras. Yeah. But I thought you guys were just doing like a little bit here and there. Well, you guys a, are going to go full that's Lawrence a bit. on us. No, no. No, Lawrence has a lot more than 40, trust yeah, me. Yeah, but if you're starting with 40, it's going to end up 150. Well, uh, it depends on how effective we are with it, to be honest with you, and how effective it is. So, should uh, government, should, uh, just yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. from a civil libertarian point of view, from yeah. an American point of view, yeah. should government be filming and and documenting and storing information about what we're doing out in public. That's England, right? Yeah. It, it, it seems to me that, that there's so much room for abuse there, yeah. as, there as we go forward. Yeah, but that's why, the, to your early point, that's why the policy is so important. Okay. Right? So we're going to meet with the ACLU and, and give them comfort that the intent is not to use them. So we're looking at cameras um, that you can move, you know, in 48 hours notice. Okay, so right. if you have, you have a new hotspot, you can move it over there. Yeah, or, or if we find out, you know, we thought um, things change with geography. So we pick 40 locations. One of the locations we pick, you know, it, there's nothing really of consequence happening. And you know, let's say it's a six-month period. Well, we might want to put it someplace else, right? right? And so uh, that's the path that we're choosing going forward. City council will get to approve it. The residents will get to come to a public hearing and talk about what they like, what they don't like about it. Um and I think it's an important part of, um, and, and I want to explain this. So I have, um, you know, an overall um, strategy of projects that I want to do, and one of them is restoring uh, the community of neighborhoods in Methuen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to that. So I've talked with Councillor Beauregard about, um, you know, my war on trash that people joke about. It's not a joke to me, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm offended by people that throw trash on the road. Um I've talked to the DPW director, Pat Bauer, who's doing a great job about, you know, my concerns about the trash pickups and how they're dumping some stuff on the road. So uh, this is going to require a community effort. But the trash piece, you know, making your community look better, redoing the islands. Um, So some people in my office are going to announce a program for the fall, uh, decorate with scarecrows, right? Kind of dress up the community a little bit, have pride in your community. I've got a great idea for you, too, on this. So when I worked for my, for Kevin Sullivan yep. way back in like 86, 87. High school classmate of mine. He, he hired me to run the Adopt-A-Pac program, which didn't exist at the time, so we had to set it up. Yep. And what we did was we went to local businesses and said, hey, we've got a, we've got a park across from the Tabak School over on Alder Street, and it's in total disrepair. There's needles in the sand. And they donated the, the lumber 
and the materials, and they and the and then they also donated the workers. They paid their workers to go out and build swing sets, mm-hmm. clean it up, rake it up, get rid of all the stuff, and it didn't cost the city any money. And we did that. I think we had five pilot par- parks. Mm-hmm. Um, which then I think became 10. And then we started trying to expand it to like the little islands where you see flowers and stuff. Yep. And it really helped to beautify, at least for the few years that the program ran, with no tax dollars money being spent at all, except for like my salary to run the program, which yeah. was almost nothing. It was like $9 an hour you were yep. paying me. I think that would be great for Methuen because when I put out a call for food for the homeless, there's no Lawrence business calling me and saying I want to donate. It's almost all Methuen businesses. It's Harrow's. It's it's all the all the Methuen businesses. Yeah. Uh, Butter Bings has given us. Butter Bings is terrific. They're they're, they're awesome. Shout uh, out to John. Yep, Borelli's. So all shout all, out to Don. So all of the all of the time. Whenever I put out for scholarships, yeah. And I say, we're looking for money for this scholarship. 90% of the response we get are from Methuen businesses. Yeah. They want to help. They want yeah. to make their community better. Yeah. So an Adopt-A-Park, Adopt-An-Island program, I think- So we have an Adopt-An-Island that was um, abandoned for mm-hmm. quite a while. We're restoring that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the scarecrow thing. So we're going to announce a fall one, and then we're going to do a Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got that on the agenda. But I, I give you that. So the, to me, uh, I started saying this neighborhood community program includes- uh, a, you know, pride in your community, which is trash, uh, includes uh, reestablishing neighborhood groups- Right, I saw that in the National Night Out when I was campaigning that people want to get together in neighborhoods and mm-hmm. know that there's safety in the neighborhoods, and it also includes these cameras. To me, right, there is a multiple prong approach. There's other pieces to it, but I'm giving you three pieces of it. That um, you know, it's a strategic approach to how you bring a sense of community back to the city. There's a lot of really good things happening in Methuen. Believe it or not, we tend to focus on all the negative, right? And I'm trying to. I'm trying to move the community forward. I really am. And I say that, and part of that is dispelling some of the rumors and the myths that happen uh, by focusing on the facts. And so, um, you know, we've been careful to do that. Um, how, how frustrating is it, just to get back to our original yeah. topic here, Yeah. when you're in the middle of working with an audit team to have an audit of the police department where you can just find the facts, is it true yeah. or isn't true, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then the council turns around and tries to taint the audit by taking a vote of no confidence in the middle of the audit. Well, I, so I don't think they're trying to taint the audit. You don't? No. Um, that's not the way I see it. Um, you're, just such, you're, you're just such an optimist. Like, I am. You're such I am. A, like well, you so always whether, assume people's motives are so but, pure. But here's the thing. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I've talked to members of the council about this. So the vote of no confidence, um, and I say this, you know, I'm not going to react to the vote of no confidence. I can't. Um, I'm going to wait for the audit to tell me. If the audit tells me there's problems, then I will react. Right. Right. And that's really a focus here. Um you know, I was asked my opinion on the floor the other night, and I know some people think I'm not, I'm not pro Joe Solomon or anti Joe Solomon. I'm Joe Solomon's boss, right? Right, and my job is to assess his performance factually. And so um, I know people are upset about his contract, mm-hmm. but uh, when I was asked the other night if you were watching the program, I responded legally, and, and that's not a cop out. So I'm mindful of the fact that a it predecessor does, it, it, of mine and nine city councils approved that contract. So I'm going to have a labor council look at that contract and tell me, like Jeopardy, what's the final answer here? Right. You know, does the law supersede the contract or the contract supersede the law? And, that, and that's the reality of the situation, right? And but whatever a- comes out of that, it doesn't mean my assessment of that won't be personal to, to Chief Solomon. It's not about, 
you know, whether I like or dislike him. Right. That should not enter into the evaluation that I'm giving him as an employee, right? You have to be able to separate your personal and your professional feelings. And I could give you dozens of people who work with me at Raytheon and say, yeah, that SOB, he can separate personal and professional. You have to do that. And so to the citizens of Methuen, I say, um, <clears throat> is it a hefty contract? It is. But legal representatives of the city of Methuen acting as the city approved it some years ago, mm-hmm. right? Whether, you know, there's anything to be done about it or not is the question for a labor council, not for a mayor who came for Raytheon, right? It's for me to make the decision once an expert provides me the opinion. And we don't have that in house. And council agree with me that we need to obtain some information on that. So, Does it you know. seem like a waste of money, though? They've already taken, they, they, you're spending 87 grand on an audit, but they've already taken a vote of no confidence. And it doesn't really seem like they care what's going to be in the audit. Well, I, I, you know, so. Uh, the, it's got to be frustrating. The, the no confidence um, is a political move. Um, I, I think every citizen of Methuen knows how the council feels. Um, and, and many of the citizens may feel the same way, and they have a right to feel whatever way they want. Um, but in the end, you know, this mayor is going to respond to what the facts and data tell me. And, right. you know, people will make fun of me f- of that, but that's not, I'm not protecting Chief Solomon from anything. I'm, I'm reacting the only way you can because otherwise you expose the city to liability by acting on rumor and innuendo. Right. And um, listen, um, I worked at a big company for 40 years, as most people know. Um, everybody doesn't like the boss some days. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if everybody doesn't like the boss every day, that's a different problem. Right. Right. So uh, there are plenty. Of the, I'm sure if you went to City Hall right now, um, I asked, you know, employees that work for the city to take furlough days and to take um, not, not, you know, get their step increase for the year. And so I'm sure that people would say, I'm not a fan of Mayor Perry. You know, he's, he's keeping me from getting more money. I right. should be getting more money. I, I understand that. It's a financial pickle we're in. Uh, I'm not doing that to hurt anybody. But I, I get that it hits people in the wallet. And so um, if they're going in once in a while saying the mayor's a jerk, he's making a bad decision. I, I get that. I right. understand it. If they go in every day and say the mayor's a jerk... Uh, maybe time to think about a different job. So, right. see, you know, I, I, def- I do defend Joe Solomon, and I'll tell yeah. you, and I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I actually put it in my column this month, but it's actually just hitting the streets now. I was here in 2004, 2005, 2006. Yep. When Joe Solomon was in the same exact position he's in now, the rumors were that he was corrupt. He was mismanaging his department. He was evil. He kicked puppies on Sundays. He robbed old ladies coming out of church, and. I heard, and, and I would say to people back then, show me the proof and I'll write the story. Because yeah. we were friendly back then, but we weren't as friends as we are now. Yep. Show me the proof, I'll write the story. Yeah. And I always get one of two lame excuses. Either we don't trust you, and I don't know what trust has to do with it. If you give me the information and I don't use it, you can then run around the community and say, hey, we gave the proof to Duggan and he wouldn't use it. Yeah. Right? Um, so I see, give me the proof and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll write. And the second thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the dynamic now. It's no different than it was back in 06. It was rumors, innuendos. He does this wrong. He does that wrong. Yeah. And then he gets fired yeah. and he sues the city and yeah. he gets his job back and he gets a bunch of money back. And through that public trial, the two public trials that went on with Joe Solomon, his critics had every opportunity to go out in public to testify and say, here's where the corruption is. Here's where the mismanagement is. Yep. And they failed. It yep. didn't work because yep. there was nothing there. There was, yep. if there was, it would have been, it would have come out. Yep. So now I'm back in the same spot I was in 2006, and I'm hearing the same baloney. Mm. 
you know, he smokes cigars in his car and he, he helps his friends. He hires well, we have, his friends. We do have, you're not allowed to smoke in a city vehicle. You know, yeah, I'm not I, saying that, the, but well, you well, aren't. Oh, I know that would be tough listen, for you. Oh, okay, so. but that's not corruption, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I'm hearing corruption and mismanagement and yeah. then it boils down to he smokes a cigar in his car. Yeah. So I, I look at all of that and I say the same thing I said in 06, show me the proof. And I'll write the story. Yeah. And listen, there would be nothing better for well, my well, reputation if I'm the guy that wrote the story that Joe Solomon was corrupt. Yeah. Because then nobody could have, when it was Wilfredo LeBoy was buying ads for me, it was you're in the pocket of Wilfredo LeBoy. Till I wrote the story that got him indicted. Yeah. Same thing with Lenny Degnan, with Willie Lantigua, with Kevin Sullivan. I always seem like every three or four years, this, this rumor of resurgence comes back of yeah. Duggan's in so-and-so's pocket. Mine. And yet... I've never been in anybody's yeah. pocket ever yeah. because I really don't care. I make yeah. no money, so I don't care. Yeah. Like it doesn't makes no difference to me one way or the other. So yeah. I'm I'm looking, I, I I'm looking at I the think, same dynamic, and I'm not seeing yeah. any proof of anything well, I, except I, for I'd rumors and innuendo. So you just got to be careful. So, um, so you know that's what we you know as you said that's what we did the audit for. Now, if 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 Joe and I were friends instead of a boss, and so I have to respect the boss employee relationship, mm -hmm. right? I also have to respect. Um, you know, the contractual agreement between Joe and the city of Methuen. It's not just between, it's between Joe and the city of Methuen. And he negotiated that. And for whatever reason, a previous mayor and city council approved it. Um, if I was just a friend of his on the street, right, I, I would say to you, um, he could have, he could have waylaid a lot of the criticism by taking the furlough days, the same as every other department had. Mm -hmm. Now that's not criticism of Joe. I'm just telling you a plain fact. I told him to I told him to right? take the cut, and you know what his answer was? And sorry, Joe, for speaking out of school. Yeah. His answer was Tom, me, Tom yeah. I could take a fifty percent cut and they're still coming after me. Yeah, I, I, so no matter what I do, I might as well just not take it because no matter what I do, they're still gonna come after me. He could save kittens from a burning building yeah. and they would take the picture, reverse the picture, and they'd say Solomon puts kittens in burning building. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so, so he's not wrong about that. You yeah. look at the fact that he sat in front of them and said yeah. and proved, this is why my men weren't trained for four years. And they, yeah. and they took a vote of no confidence against him based on that anyway. Yeah. But I guess, you know, um, so there's, so, so there are certain things that the chief and I disagree on an approach to it, right? Me too. And, and I, I would tell you that um, I'm not a police officer and I don't pretend to be one even though I may have stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. Um, I had a father who was a police officer. I don't believe that helped, makes me sympathetic to them or understand everything about them. Mm -hmm. I'm a guy who was a negotiator, um, a professional negotiator. Yet I had to listen to criticism from the council where somebody said, uh, and I won't, re you know, I could be handcuffed, locked in a trunk, dropped in a river, and negotiate a better contract than you. Right. Um, that was unnecessary to say. Um, you know, you have to understand negotiation before you before you criticize those who do, and eventually we will see the fruits of that. But you know, I, I you know, my view is um, is as the boss, and I have to be careful um, because um, I listened to the chief the other night say, "I, I want to see captains restored." Um, I, I am not saying that. I am saying I want the audit to tell me how the structure should be. Right. Right. And then we should have a good, robust discussion, not personal feelings about why they recommend that. Right. What are the statistics that support it? And then what are the decisions we're going to make? Going None of forward? them have a degree in police management, right? No. That I, that, that I know of. Well, the, so they're uh, sitting there. Council Samard's a policeman. Right. 
That's true. Yeah. But but none of the others have any kind of experience in police management. They sat there and they and they and they and I was so disgusted by this. Yeah. They sat there and they criticized the mayor because Randy Hagar was a captain and he got moved out of heading a bureau yeah. and Greg Gallant was put in with five years less experience running a bureau than, than Hagar. Now, first of all, they shouldn't have been mentioning the names. I'm only mentioning the names because they've already done it and it's already out. They shouldn't have mentioned the names. That opens everybody up for lawsuits and it's just, it's wrong. It's immoral. It's just bad form. But once they did it, Randy Hagar had to show up at the meeting. I've never seen that in the years I've been watching meetings, asked if he could speak and said, hey, and the chief even explained, look, you guys cut the budget. You guys cut a captain. He was a captain. I had to move him down to lieutenant. And a lieutenant can't run a bureau. Yeah. But he shouldn't even have to explain his reasoning yeah. for moving people around yeah. because that's his job. They, they shouldn't be micromanaging who he's transferring and why he's transferring. Yeah. Them. So let me say this. So I'm not going to dodge I cut the budget. Okay. Council just agreed to it, so I'm not going to dodge this bullet. Didn't uh, they make additional cuts, though? I thought they made they additional did, cuts. They did in some expenses, but not on the manpower side, um, I'm responsible for that. Mm -hmm. So go back to the point I made earlier is I negotiate. we had a $7 million shortfall uh, in revenue forecast. It had nothing to do with mismanagement. People misunderstand that, right? This mm -hmm. is based on COVID, the state's going to have less revenue, going to give less revenue to cities like Methuen. Not unique to Methuen, not a Methuen thing. Okay. Because of that, I impact bargained with all the unions and said, I need you guys to take concessions. Some of them said yes. Uh, some of them said no. Uh, does that create friction between the unions? Probably. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I try to treat the unions like I try to treat my children. When I give birthday gifts and Christmas gifts, I calculate how much I'm given. <laughs> I don't give him... 100 bucks and you 500 bucks. That's right. not the way it works. Well, I would give you the 500, as you know. So, um, but, you know, in the past, there have been incidences where that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we saw residents, you know, so as a result of um, the police not taking uh, concessions, we had to do some reductions. That's unfortunate. Uh, we had residents come and say, you can't cut our police force. There's an emotional reaction to it. I, I, I understand that. But there's a financial ticket. Right. And so there's I have an obligation so to the city residents to say, look, I'm going to do the best thing possible to make sure. Now, people would say, May, you just talked that you put $3.1 in free cash. Why wouldn't you use that? And the answer is, I can't do that. If I do that, then I have to give money to the teachers. I right. have to give money to the city. And, and that $3.1 is gone. Right. And my, my assessment, right, wrong, or different, people want to criticize, is that we need to save that money because we've got a big arbitration coming up in the fall. And we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. I know you don't agree, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a rainy day guy. I've been a saver all my I life. I don't disagree with that. Right? I'm a rainy day guy. I don't guy. disagree with that. So um, uh, do I expect every employee in the city of Methuen and every, um, you know, every citizen to completely agree with me? No. Um, but based on that, I cut the officers. I okay. cut the superior officers. I, I say this publicly, whether it's Randy Hager or Greg Gale I think the world of Randy Hager, and I don't like to bring their names up. You know, did, did, did I sit there, Neil Perry, and say, I want to make Randy Hager? No. But that's the rules, the civil service rules. So when we did the reduction, that's how it shook out. Right. Right. So, so Randy went from captain to lieutenant, and, yeah. a, and a lieutenant can't run a bureau. And then Randy showed up and said, well, wait a minute. How dare you guys say this? Yeah. 
because you 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 basically cut money out of the budget, which demoted me. Yeah. To lieutenant, and then you want me to do captain's work for lieutenant's pay. How they, does that work? So um, I don't think that's what city council's saying, and and so I'm going to correct. So I cut the money out of the budget. Right. They just agreed to it. Right. So okay. I'm not going to dodge the bullet there. Um, but it doesn't change the point. The point is yeah. the money was cut, yeah. and he went from captain to lieutenant, and yeah. they expected him to stay yeah, and to I do wanna, captain's pay. To I do don't want to just talk about him pay. because he's he's. Uh, I had somebody who was a lieutenant who went down to a patrolman. Right. And that bothers the hell out of me, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, I have a fiscal responsibility to the residents of the city. What I'm trying to show people is, and, and this is an important point, I'm not making decisions based upon the friends of the people that I like right. versus the friends. That's what they do. That's what they're doing on the council. Well, and, and so my and point that's is you, you can't do that, right? We're a civil service community. There are rules. And so I go back to the intermittents. People said, you know, uh, oh, you don't like this guy. You don't like that guy. I, I don't know most of them. Um, I made the decision based upon reading and interpreting the law. And either in November when that arbitration is heard, I'll either be found right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And I believe sitting here today, looking at you, I will be found right. Okay. Um, and I'm doing that because I think there's liability to the city of Methuen and the residents. Mm-hmm. So my obligation to the, the people of the city is to do the best thing uh, fiscally, do the, do the intermittents have any training? Or are, they, are they just being hired and put out there? They, That's the way they have what's called FTO, which is self-provided. Now, there's all kinds of questions about what, but the bottom line is the the guideline from the state says that's great, but that does not supersede the full-time academy. Okay. So that full-time academy, and, and so I, I say this to you, uh, I'm prepared to send six officers to who were reserves and otherwise to the full-time academy in the fall. Right. I've got I've got some questions. Unless you have yeah. something else, you please want to go ahead. Uh, so we have one question uh, from a reader, uh, from somebody watching, wants to know why everything has has been canceled except for Methuen Day. Yeah, so that's and I'm a big fan of Methuen Day. Oh, yeah. so I'm glad well, they're so. Doing um, so I think people need to understand the city is not the sponsor of Methuen Days, mm-hmm. right? So there are two councilors who are the founders of Methuen Day, and um, that's not, we're getting heavy pressure from the state because somebody has talked to the governor's office. And I've, uh, I spoke to an inspector earlier this morning about Methuen Day. If Methuen Day happens, it's not going to happen like it happened previously. Okay. Right? So there are guidelines that the governor has given us, and we have to adhere to those guidelines. You have to? You have to. Then they're not guidelines. Well, they're, if they're, they're guidelines, guidelines, you don't have to. If they're yeah. rules and laws, so you have to. They're, they're guidelines. So the 50-person mandate, if you will, right, is public and private, Right. Um, so I'd say this to you, um, you know, all across the city, um, you can't have a private gathering in excess of 50 people on private property in my own on backyard. Private, you cannot, boy, I think that would be beaten in court in two seconds. Uh, it might be, but that's the direction from the governor. Yeah. I don't think he has that authority. Well, like we still have a constitution and there's nothing in the constitution that says unless COVID hits. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, the other question, and by the way, I love Methuen Day. I'm glad yeah. they're doing it because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. I'm going to be participating. Uh, the other question. I don't know if you'll be there. Depends on whether you're one of the fifty. No, I'll be there. All right. We'll see. The, the, the coronavirus makes an exemption for journalism. Does it? There's a, yeah. There's, there's a. There's a. It's black, like the wall when you come into. Yeah. There's, there's a Black Lives Matter exemption. If you're out <laughs> protesting for Black Lives Matter, you don't have to worry about COVID. And there's a I journalism. And there's a journalism exemption. Are you going to ask me about my uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion? I band? will in a second. All but right. I've got one other question from, from somebody who said that there. Do was, you not name the people that are questions? Uh, should, I name them all. Uh, my okay, show. that's fine. Yeah. Randy Carter wants to know. Randy Carter. 
uh, how, how, hey, many, Randy. how many businesses are going to, uh, is the $400,000 going to be dispersed among? That's a great question. Uh, and it depends. It's going to be distributed in $10,000 chunks, I believe. Okay. Right? So that'll give you the answer. All right. So right? now I'm, a Mith- I'm, I'm, I'm not headquartered in Methuen, but I do business in Methuen. I probably wouldn't qualify. Out of right? luck, son. All right. Okay, good. Well, that's good because I think it should be for Methuen. I think it should be only for Methuen businesses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got this new this new. You're caving into the uh, Black Lives Matter baloney, and we're now looking at diversity. So and, not only do we disagree and, and, on uh, COVID, we disagree on. Um, so uh, I think the most fundamental right that every American has is the right to protest, and uh, I've got. So I'm going to say this publicly. I, I, I have just, friends. I don't who, disagree with that. I have friends who fall on both sides of the political spectrum. I am a true independent. I'm fiscally conservative. I tend to be more liberal in my social policies. Um, if that offends people, I'm sorry. That's how I was brought up. I had a father who was a cop. It, it seems a little weird because um, I have my friend Bruce Tarr yeah. is very fiscally conservative mm-hmm. but very socially liberal. Yeah. But he always finds himself in this in this predicament where. You can't finance the liberal stuff because yeah. you're fiscally conservative. Yeah. Like it doesn't go together. You got to find. You got to pay yeah. for all this liberal baloney. Yeah. And how do you do that if you're being fiscally well, conservative? I don't see it as baloney. So um, well, it so is. Some it, of it doesn't important. change anybody's so, life one so way or the other. So we established a 17 member panel of uh, terrific people. Yeah. And my chief of staff is going to kind of coordinate it. It includes Christina Minicucci. It includes uh, Council another, another liberal. Another liberal. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any conservatives do, do, on this board? Do you have to label everybody? Is that is that? Well, I already know what they're going to do based on their politics. So if you show me, if you say you've got 17 people on the board, and did, I'm not saying did, that you have, yeah, but, they're, but if they're to, all liberal, then they're, they're, we, we, why have a board? You just appoint one person and let them did, do it. Did you come to the diversity forum? I watched it on TV. I was disgusted. Did you hear some of the story? Why? I was disgusted. Why? I was, I was disgusted you were having it. Yeah. And I was disgusted by what was said. I thought it was powerful. I, I thought it was disgusting. There was a young lady that got up and spoke about, um, and maybe, you know, so you you will remember that long before I went to Raytheon, I spent three and a half years in Methuen as a bilingual teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of my ties to the Hispanic community. A number of wonderful people helped me in my campaign. Um, My man, Willie Castro. I love him. He's one one of the best guys in the world. He's a blood brother of mine. I love him. One of the best guys in the world. I've laid down my life for that guy. Um, I I would tell you that, you know, I had some great experiences teaching. It's very uplifting. And and by the way, shout out to Methuen Public School Teachers. Outstanding job getting in there in the buildings. I really appreciate it. He keeps looking at me thinking I'm going to make a negative comment, but I'm I'm not. So, um, Long story short, uh, a young lady spoke, and there were a number of powerful stories, but a young lady spoke about coming to Methuen Public Schools from um, Lawrence, and she was an advanced AP kind of student, and she went to the, you know, one of the teachers and talked about certain classes she wanted to take as she's transferring in, and the reference was made, I can't do the story justice, that why would you be taking AP classes? You're a Hispanic gal from Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And, and I would tell you that no matter who you are, that discussion has to bother you. If it happened, that's horrible. But you have to remember, if it ha- she's only saying it happened. We don't know that it actually happened. Well, A lot of people got up there, and I watched every, every minute of that. Yeah. And some people got up there and just lied. They just outright lied. They just outright made up stories. Well, there was one lady who was actually talking about something similar to what you're saying. Yeah. And it our diversity form? Yes. And while I was live, because I actually podcasted it on my phone so I could make snarky comments, 
someone that kno- someone that knows that woman came on and said, "I know her. She lives at such and such. She works at such and such, and she's full of crap." I was in her class, and that never happened. Now, that's not the woman that you referenced. Yeah. It was a different woman. Yep. So we have to remember when someone gets up and tells these heart wrenching stories that make us feel so bad. Yeah. That they're not always true. Like yeah. we have to, we have to step back and go. You know, they so, might be exaggerating. So they might be. Would you agree with this? The- Every community has a responsibility to be representative for all of its constituents. Yes, okay. but we shouldn't be bending over backwards for any particular group. Well, I, I, so I think everybody's got a voice and every voice has to be heard. I guess that's my point here. And so my expectation from this uh, advisory board is not that they'll just identify problems, but they'll point me towards solutions for the problems, mm-hmm. right? Because it's easier to say this is wrong and that is wrong and this is wrong, right? Where the power is, where the opportunity is, this is wrong, here's what we could do differently. This is wrong, here's what we could do differently. And that's my expectation of this advisory board. There are two young ladies, I'm going to bring this, that are from the Merrimack Valley Social Justice Group. <laughs> I, I see you, you, you snarkily hump right. when I say that. Because I know what they social justice means. They are fantastic individuals. They might be, but social justice is just another liberal political term for race baiting against white people. Uh, and, I, and, and I know you don't watch cable news, so you don't understand that. Yeah. But I watch cable news all I don't, day. I, I read the week. I know, but I, I watch cable news all day, and usually I'm watching CNN. And it, I'm not interested in social justice. Yeah. I'm interested in justice. I'm interested in everybody being treated equal yeah. and everybody getting the same measure of justice. And social justice means, well... We think black people should be treated differently this way because of 400 years of oppression. Latinos should be treated differently this way because of oppression. And then white people, they shouldn't get all those same perks that we're we're doling out to these other groups. So if you're going to have a 17-member panel, fine. But what I'd like is advisory board. Half the half the advisory board should be people who are very liberal, who believe in social justice and yeah. all this other stuff, and the other half should be normal people who believe in <laughs> who believe in regular Wait, justice. Just so we get that recorded, half should be socially conscious, half should be normal normal people, people right? Who, who, who don't care about social this. justice? Yeah. They care about just justice. Let's yeah. treat everybody the yeah. same. We're going to agree to disagree here. Yeah. So right. you're not going to balance that board at all. It's just I think be the board's balanced. The, the four names you gave me are left-wing lunatics. Uh, uh, I love Christine. Chief, what about the chief of staff? You think she's uh, a left-wing lunatic? Uh, no, but uh, but uh, but she is susceptible to it because she's still running around. <laughs> she still thinks COVID is real. She's still running around with her mask on. And we're not she's having, right. She's right. And we're still not having poker games on Friday nights. She's right. Eight months later. Eight months she's into right. a eight months into a three for three weeks we have to flatten the curve, and we're eight months into the three weeks of flattening the curve. He's, right? a, he's a killer when it comes to COVID. He didn't want to talk about COVID. Right? I know, I know, I know. So listen, I just, I just want some balance, and I, I wish, I wish you would go online. I'm not putting you on that advisory board if that's what you. No, asking. listen, I wouldn't expect you to. Okay. Even if I lived in Methuen, I wouldn't expect you to All because right. I'm not going to give you the result that you want. I'm well, going, I'm going, I'm going to be. I the, have no, I have no predetermined. So now, you know, uh, right, I'm going to work right, this in. All right. So we're, um, we had our, our veteran service officer retired. Yes. Um, Hargraves. Yes. Great guy. Um, I've got some people in, my in the book. community um, accusing me of already having his replacement named. Yes. I'm looking at the attributes associated with uh, that position. Right. And I'm trying to make sure in the community, I have great respect for our veterans and everything they've done for us. So I want I want to have a veteran service office who who does the full gamut mm-hmm. of the position. Um, and so we're spending a little time here talking about what does that mean? What are the things that that position is expected to do um, before we just go hire somebody, right? Um, and that's an important thing. So um, 
you know, we tend to make our decisions now based on facts and data. Uh, we're using CARES money. I wanted to work that in. I know we're getting close to the end. We're using CARES money to uh, fix some of the Searles building. Uh, the outdoor track is nearing completion. We've talked to National Grid about getting fixtures for the lights. We've got our own DPW doing the work on the lights. Where does the CARES money come from? CARES money comes from the federal government. You apply okay. for it based upon expenses you you incur that would be um, preventive, if you will, from a COVID perspective. Mm -hmm. So PPE, things like that. So we're putting a sliding glass door in the tunnel so I don't have to have somebody standing there saying, why are you in this building? And we're going to fix the tunnel so that we have a customer service operator right there behind the glass door who can greet customers as they come in. Uh, we're stepping up our customer service focus. Not that it was bad, but uh, we're going to improve it even more. Um, is City Hall open? Like, if I want to go deliver papers to your office, so it's open am I going right to be now? met with a police officer and you all are. that stuff? Yeah. So right now, um, but they put the frame in for the glass door yesterday. As soon as the glass is installed, the police officer will be removed mm -hmm. as we need them in the community. Um, it's still by appointment only. We're at 50% capacity. That's the guideline. Um, the guideline that you think we have to follow, even though it's just a guideline. Well, I, I think it's, it's smart to follow it. Okay. Um, so the 50% that aren't working in city hall are working remotely. Uh, we have that capability. Um, and you know, we're making some significant improvements, right? So we're going to, we're going to use the cares money to, to address the HVAC in the Searles building. Mm -hmm. which hasn't been addressed in a long time. So we have a history as a community of, of kicking cans down the road. We're going to stop that a little bit and start addressing problems as they occur. All right. Uh, I, Got a question? Uh, well, apparently, um, I said Randy Carter asked that question. He's texting me feverishly. I didn't ask that question. I, I, I mixed up the text messages. That question came from Chris Eldridge, so I, I, I apologize. He probably won't get the job now because I mentioned his name on the show. Um, what job? Because I think he – didn't he apply for the um, – for the this, veterans thing? If he did, it's a miracle because there's no posting to apply oh, okay. to that. All right. I thought, I thought he was one of the applicants. Uh, I only go by what Steve Sabah says at meetings. <laughs> so Steve Sabah said it was going to be Randy Carter, and there was this big conspiracy with Randy Carter or whatever. I, have, I, I love um, Randy as a person. Um, we haven't put the position out there. He hasn't applied. Uh, he should apply. I, he, he'd, be, he'd be great for that job. Well, uh, but there's a um, four-member team that's going to interview. Mm -hmm. and make. I only interview the finalists. Right. There are right? two people that would be great for that job. Randy Carter would be great, and I'll just tell you a quick, quick uh, story as to why. Uh, when I'm out and I'm doing homeless outreach, and I'm on the banks of the Merrimack River, and it's and it's February, and it's two degrees below zero, yeah. and I find a guy in a tent who's a, who's a veteran, and he's really a veteran. We ask him for his DD-214, and he actually has one. And I call Randy Carter at 3 in the morning and say, listen, I know it's early. I'm on the banks of the Merrimack. I got a guy here. His name is Marco. He's in a tent. He showed me his DD-214. He is a veteran. Can we help this guy? And Randy gets out of bed, comes, climbs down the banks of the Merrimack River with me, talks with the guy, puts him in his car, and, and, and brings him somewhere, gets him housing, gets, and takes care of the guy. Uh, the other guy that I think would be great for this job is Francisco Urena who is now unemployed thanks to the governor. And there's a guy, there, there's a guy that really, really cares about veterans. There's yep. a guy that got a, a really a bad uh, – he got screwed out is of that job. Is he a Methuen resident? He – no, I don't think he is. I want a Methuen no. resident. You want a Methuen resident? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'd I prefer. I should say I prefer right. a Methuen resident. Before Tom Hargraves, we had Hoppy Curran, who did a great job in yeah. that job. Yeah. I, and, I'm actually – so we got some qualifications. We've written up some of the VSO. I'm going to reach out to Hoppy if he's listening and have him take a look and say – He should be on the team. Yep. 
that, that, Excuse me. That, uh, that picks. My root beer got back at me. Right. He should be on the team that picks, and you should have... Actually, you, you, your search team should be veterans, because nobody's going to well, care more so, about who's going to take so care of the veterans than the veterans. Just be careful. So I had seven veterans asked to be on the interview panel. I said no. Really? All seven together. I'm not going to put 10 people on an interview panel. That's a recipe for never picking anybody. Right. All right? I, I've got a four-member... Uh, Interview panel, which includes Tim Sheehy, who is a veteran. Good guy. A veteran. He's a good man. Um, and he's going to take a look. Um, I'm incorporating those seven who asked to be part of the interview. I've asked them, what are the attributes of the VSO that you feel we, we are lacking right now? Right? So I want to hire somebody who has all the attributes. Um, you know, the conspiracy theorists are going to say, you brought up Randy Carter, for I the do. record. Um, that say, oh, the mayor's just going to give the job to Randy Carter. I, I don't work that way. So people that know me, right. no, I don't work that way. Because right? I've recommended people to you for jobs since you've been elected, yeah. and I don't think you've picked any of them. So No, no. So, I That's mean, probably because of their association with you. Could be. Yeah. Because I'm evil. I'm Darth Vader. hire him. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if I came in today and I said, uh, you know, I know Jack Wilson really well. We used to work at City Hall in Lawrence together. Yeah, I did back. a hell of a job in the election. Jack, I was supposed to pay for your lunch today. Where the hell were you? Yeah, you should pay for my lunch. Yeah. But, but if I came on here one day and randomly said, you know, he'd be perfect for such and such a job. Saber McCarty would be voting no simply yeah. because I said I, I thought the guy would do a good job. I think I'm going to broker, you know, a, a lunch or something between you and the chair and you know, Saber. I've had breakfast. I've had breakfast with the chair, yeah, and it got me nowhere. Hey, shout out! Ellie's Farmhouse opens next week. What's that? Um, it's a brand new restaurant, Methuen, that's going in where Fuddruckers is. Oh, okay. Opens Wednesday. We're going to do a ribbon cutting. Okay. Uh, get out there and sample it, and uh, you know, let's support them, right. right? And while I'm at it, you know, you named a few. Bada bing! Mm-hmm. John is fantastic. The community. Make sure if you haven't tried the buffalo cookies, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Um, Don Smeriglio, uh, I, I love him. Borelli's Deli. He's the best. He is. He's right? a good guy. He, there's not enough he does for the community. He's just overloaded with kindness for the community, mm-hmm. right? And, and this community loves him back, right? And yep. there's, there's, you know, 20, 30 other small businesses. This sure. is the time of the small business. They need you, if you're out there, to support them, right? And while, while he's keeping them at 50% capacity. Uh, is he doing it? Is he doing it? Well, you're it? the one that's forcing him to follow the guidelines that are only guidelines. I'm not forcing. No. So, Don Smariglo, let me use him as an example. He called me and said, you know, he was worried about COVID. Yeah. And this is way back before he, he had his issue last week. And he um, he said, Mayor, can I require people to wear masks? This is before. And I said, absolutely you can as a private business owner. And he went to it, right? And, and it's the only place I actually do wear a mask when I go huh? because the because the government's not telling me to. Yeah. The business owner's asking me to, so I always do. I noticed for today's show you didn't wear your bandana. I, I was all no. ready to. No, you can call me Tex again. Yeah, yeah. Tex, yeah. stick them up, partner. Right. <laughs> when are we doing poker again? Can we can we can we finally admit that like if five of us get together for poker, we're not going to die from COVID? Can we uh, finally just admit if we're spaced appropriately? Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can. We get that big conference copy, table that we were using. Well, copy, that should be copy fine. this week. Uh, I'm I'm saying I'm going away for the weekend. First time I've I've done anything since I got elected. I'm going to go up to my brother's place in Wells Beach and spend a couple days. You shouldn't have told people where it is. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica will be out there following you around <laughs> with her metal detector. Yeah, on the well, beach. And, and so we didn't get to that. So um, that was an interesting dialogue the other night where I was accused of. Um, Backroom dealing, and I resent that, and I say that publicly to the citizens. But the one, um, you know, we had discussions. The chair 
um, the uh, counsel Saber and myself on um, the assistant solicitor's position and outside legal fees. And we discussed that, and uh, we agreed on an approach. And okay. I, went, I went to every single counselor that I meet with, which is all of them except Counselor Finicaro. Mm -hmm. And that is, I say this, that is at her choosing. Right. I would still meet with her every week. Um, I do a weekly half hour with every counselor. I don't know where the idea comes from that if you sit down in a room and you talk about stuff, as long as there isn't a quorum, that it's a backroom deal. Yeah. I've seen every mayor and every town manager in every community call people into their office and say, I'm thinking of putting this proposal together. What do you guys think of it? And, yeah. if, and if, they get the, if they get the feeling that, no, the, the council is not really happy with this, then he doesn't bother submitting Correct. it and he goes in a different direction. And yeah. that's a good way to gauge how to save time, effort, and energy yeah. on things that aren't going to get passed. Yeah. And uh, you know, when DJ Beauregard attacked Chief Solomon on Facebook one day and said, why did Chief Solomon spend X number of dollars on this? I called him up and said, why don't you just call him and ask him? Yeah. That's backroom dealing. It's not backroom dealing. Yeah. When I was on the school committee in Lawrence, if I had a question about something in the budget, I wouldn't wait till the meeting and then sandbag the superintendent with a question. I'd call him up and say, hey, what's this extra $5,000 for? And if I didn't get a satisfactory answer, okay. then I'd go publicly and I'd say yeah. something. Yep. And you've got some of these councils think that if you work behind the scenes to get stuff done, it's backroom dealing. And that's yeah. just not the case. Yeah, well, and there was an accusation made there. And so I, I want to address that for the, so the citizens can see this on tape. So I, I'm not doing anything behind your back that I'm not talking to every councilor about. And I say that candidly, right? My only agenda is to move the city forward, period. Um, and, and that doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything I do. But I say this to you because uh, first there was an inference that I was an overspender, <laughs> and that was planted. And then Hilarious. I added $3.1 to the bottom line. Right, we 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 came in the black three point one million. I didn't even talk about Moody's. Moody's uh, upgraded the rating of yeah. Methuen from uh, the outlook from negative to stable. That's a recognition that we're starting to do the right things. Does that mean we're home free? No, we got more. Is that because you put more money into the free cash and that yeah. and that stabilizes you well, guys? It, it's it's more than that. It's it's all about the management process, the fiscal management process. Uh, but I say this candidly, I, I know how to manage budget. Right, and you can criticize. You can criticize what I spend here or there. I know how to manage a budget. There was criticism of me paying an, a, a certain amount in uh, January, that was based on the Five Corners project that came off a grant. Right, so you you got to understand the f facts make or or refute the argument. Facts right? matter. Yeah, they do. And so uh, that was one argument. Uh, um, I'm very mindful of of your money. Um, and we pay close attention to that. And then th this one the other night that, you know, the last time I was in your office, we violated. That's ridiculous. Right. right? She's made a lot of accusations. And yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but she's made a lot of accusations since she got reelected. Yeah. It's almost like she's a different person. Yeah. It's not the Jessica that I thought I knew. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very frustrating because I actually really, really like Jessica. I yeah. really do. And I know that pisses a lot of people off. But I really do. I've known her for a long time, and I'm not exactly sure what she's thinking these days. But it's very frustrating for me to watch someone that I really like put a gun to their head at every meeting and pull the trigger well, and, and, so and, make a, it, and make a fool out of themselves when they say these, these ridiculous things about how corrupt you are, what an overspender you yeah. are. That you and, and it's all like per, they're all personal attacks against your integrity. They're, and, not, and I say they're this, not just disagreements. I say this candidly, right? 
Um, you know, at some point over the next six months, I'll make a decision whether I want to do this job again in two years. Right. I have made, you know, people say, oh, you're running again. I have made that determination. I know. Um, you know, I've been approached by people who said, you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, You've got to do it. Well, I, not necessarily. So, and I say the residents of Methuen, you know, I could, for the same amount of money I'm making, I could be collecting my Social Security, sitting on the beach reading a right, book, right. and be far less stressed. By the way, same thing for Joe Solomon. Joe Solomon could retire tomorrow yeah. and make five times what he's making here. As much as they think he's making, mm-hmm. he could be making five times as much yeah. if he retired tomorrow. Well, and I guess, so uh, the only thing I'd say is if the council wants to run for mayor, that's okay. It right. doesn't mean we have to be, you know, enemies. hateful enemies, right? right? Um, all I'm trying to do is is do the right things for the city of Methuen. I'm not sure where the train went off the track here, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think I've done anything to her personally. Um, she claims she was physically threatened back in January. Not by this man. Yeah. Not by this man. So just like she made the claim the other night, the other counselors um, said they didn't know. Name that counselor. Right. Who didn't know about what, what I was going to do with the assistant solicitor and the outside. Name that counselor. Right. Because I talked to all of them. On my children's soul. I sit here and say, I talked to every counselor before I went back to Counselor uh, McCarty and Counselor Seba. Right? Everybody knew. Uh, Counselor Finnegara didn't know because she doesn't want to meet with me. Right. She doesn't return my communication, so I can't fix that. And she's the one that complains the most at every single meeting that there's no communication. And if you if you buy a paperclip, yeah. she's going to take twenty minutes at a city council meeting and say, "I heard that you bought paperclips at Staples yesterday, and you <laughs> never told me about it." And I, it's so frustrating. It's yeah. like she's so bogged down in the in in the insignificant things, and she's always she's. It's kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy, right? If you if you if you're always looking for something bad, you're always going to yeah. find something bad. Yeah. And it just seems like you know it's funny, Jim Jajuga. I have to be careful now because technically I am still getting sued, right? Jim Jajuga really was what she accuses you of of being, and she treated him with kid gloves. And you come in an honest guy with integrity, and she's treating you like like you're Jim Jajuga. And and it's very, very frustrating because, you know, she she could have – she's not a team player. She could have been a team player. She could have gotten everything that she wanted passed. She had a lot of love coming in after topping the ticket in the last election. And it just seems like she crapped on every single person that helped her. You endorsed her. She crapped on you. I endorsed her and helped her. She crapped on me. Uh, I can name five other people that she that helped her get reelected. She crapped on every single one of them, and and I just I don't get it. I don't understand what well, I, what I, happened. You know, I, I, and I say this, and I know Steve Gillis is going to hit me again after this broadcast because uh, he will. Um, but I, I say this to the counselor: if if there's something I've done that offended her, um, I, I never physically threatened her. I, I never physically threatened anybody, um, especially since I got in this job. Right, um, it's been it's been like a, a you know a nonstop mud bath since day one. Mm-hmm. If she thinks I've done something to physically, um, not physically, if if she thinks that I've done something to offend her, she should tell me what that is. Right, right, because I'm that's not, the grown up thing to do. I'm Sit not cognizant of what it is. Um, you know, I I didn't get involved in the election for the chair. I don't know if that's the root cause of the problem. Um, I didn't lobby people. I know some people thought I should. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, um, I was lobbying people. Yeah, yeah, That's why I, she's I mad at me, because she didn't have the votes, and I, and I did a survey. I called all the counselors. Actually, it was election night. I grabbed all the people who won and said, who would, who would you vote for? Who wouldn't you vote for? And 
six, eight of the nine city councilors said that they would not vote for Jessica for council president. Yeah. So I said, well, then we need to find somebody that's not Jim McCarty because I knew what was coming. I just knew. Yeah. And so I lobbied very hard for Eunice Ziegler, which is really odd because I'm supposed to be this big racist, right? So I, I lobbied really hard for Eunice Ziegler. And because I was lobbying for Eunice Ziegler, suddenly people that that told me they were going to vote for Eunice Ziegler were no longer going to vote for Eunice yeah. Ziegler. And so this this kind of we you call know, that the Duggan kiss of death. Well, it's it's funny, you know, when Mike Samad ran, he said that he wanted to get rid of the politics and remove the politics, and all he's done since he's gotten elected is the politics. It's going after a guy that he doesn't like because he's friends with cops in Methuen who have been disciplined by Joe Solomon. And I look at Jessica, who ran on the same platform of let's remove the politics, and yet she's done nothing but politic at the table since she's gotten in. And I look at people like Eunice, who doesn't ever politic. She's one of the best counselors that we have. I don't always agree with her. And she couldn't get five votes. She was the only person on that council that really never got involved in the personal baloney that had any experience, and, and we couldn't get her the votes because of who wanted her to be there. I mean, that's, that's just sickening. It's like, if someone comes to me at the Valley Patriot, and they're a great writer, I'm not going to not hire them because some guy I don't like recommended them for the job. Mm-hmm. He's, if he's a good writer, I'm going to hire him, like right? Like me. Yeah. Like you, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd say this, checks in the mail, too, so, by the way. <laughs> the, um, you know, there's still three months left in this year, three and a half, um, and then there's another full year of the term. When things slow down... yeah. Are you going to not know what to do with yourself? Like when, yeah. when, when, so when somebody, there's no, there isn't like 20 crises in the morning before yeah. noon yeah. and COVID has kind of waned and, yeah. and things and the money starts coming back in, you're going to be bored as hell. You're not going to know what to do, right? Yeah. You, you go well, from crisis management this, every day. So the one flattering comment I've got from people who like me and people who don't necessarily like me is, uh, I'm giving you 18 hours a day, right? That's a nonstop fact, right? Um, sometimes I'm doing it remotely. Um, sometimes I'm going to this place, that place. Um, I'm, I'm giving the job my heart and soul. That doesn't mean there aren't days when I'm, you know, not disappointed in the overall result. There aren't days that there aren't days that I walk away and say, I could have done a better job of that. Could have handled that better. Um, that's part and parcel of, of any job and part of who I am. Right. But I keep going back to the main point. I'm just trying to eventually leave the city in better position than when I came in. Right, and whether that's two years or four years, remains to be seen. Right, um, I'll be 63 in December. Um, my gallbladder's fixed, thank God. That was the only interruption in the service. I've had three back surgeries. Yeah, and my gallbladder operation was far more painful than all three back surgeries combined. That was yeah, that was tough. The surgery wasn't as bad as the the, the recovery time. Well, the before for me, the, the oh, really? pancreatitis was really tough. Mm-hmm. So July 4th, that's why I'm looking forward to this weekend. I haven't done anything with my kids. Um, good kids. You know, they're good kids. Yep. They're great kids. I'm very, very proud. You can make fun of a lot of things, the hair, the weight, the, the clothes. Can't make fun of the kids of the integrity. Those right. are the untouchables, right? right. Uh, I got great kids, um, and they make me proud every day. And I, I got to spend a little time with them because I haven't given them squat since January. Right. Right? Um, and they're fantastic kids. Um, but you know, every day, um, I, when I lay down at night, I think about, here's what happened. Did I do that right? Did I handle that correctly? Did I say the right thing? And there's plenty of time to self-evaluate and say, could have done it better. Could have said it better. Could have, um, that's just the way I'm wired. Right. Um, so 
Do you, you have know, any, do you have any final, do you have any, is, is there anything that you want to preview, things that are coming up we didn't talk about today that uh, you're not going to be here for a month now, so. Yeah, whole month. Yeah. Well, there's, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm hoping to give the citizens of Methuen some really good news in October. I'm not going to give you more than that. I'm doing all the right things to try and do the, the, the right things for the citizens. I think the overall relationship with the council is improving, and I say that candidly. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to agree on everything. Right. But to me, you know, um, there has to be mutual respect. It doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything. Mm. Right. So whether they agree with the camera program, I, I don't know. Mm. Right. That's one example. So the camera program is going to happen before our next meeting um, or at least the vote on it. Right. Um, there are other things we're going to we're going to open up the track. We'll finish the work on the lights and open up the track. Um, uh, you know, people have asked me about. A Halloween at Great Court, trick or treat. I haven't canceled those right yet. Right around the corner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that today's September 3rd. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It feels like it should be July the 32nd. Right. Right? Um, Still feels like March to me, so. Yeah. Well, it's gone by in a blink of an eye. Um, but I say this, you know, I, I do this program. I love doing this program. Uh, I know. And thank, you for, I, and thank you for doing that because you get yeah. a lot of crap for it. Yeah. Um, I do my mayor's minutes, and, and I love when people, you know, send in questions. I'd love to have more questions while we're sitting here talking. Okay. Right? I get a lot of questions. I just don't ask them because we have so much to get through. Why not? But I but I will in the future. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask more questions. Well, so, because my questions are way better than any questions. So if you're out there and you're interested in our... Um, in our Scarecrow program, our fall decoration program, reach out to Michelle Amber in my office. Mm -hmm. If, um, you know, Luann Santos in my office are, are, her. are working with Bill Perry on a hollow, uh, excuse me, a Christmas decoration, you know, how we decorated Christmas, uh, I'm going to personally pay out of my pocket, not out of the city funds, to decorate the clock tower for Halloween, to decorate the clock tower for Christmas. Um, that's my commitment to the city of Methuen. Doesn't mean I'm with my 68 grand, I'm throwing money everywhere. But, right. um, you know, I, I think we're committed to trying to do the right thing and try to bring some of the spirit back. And, you know, I haven't canceled Halloween yet because I know people want some sense of normalcy. We've got to see what happens here. Right. Um, you know, as the as we start to go back to school in the hybrid methodology, and I want to give the superintendent and her team a shout out because they've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Right? Del. That's my nickname. There is a uh, the uh, I think it's the uh, I'm going to get it wrong. There's a there's a company in Methuen on Milk Street. I'm trying to pull it up while we're talking because I know we're way way over time. There's a company on Milk Street that reached out to me yesterday, Methuen Business, who wants to buy someone's evergreen tree, oh. giant forty foot evergreen tree, so they can donate it to the city of Methuen. Is it New England Die? It is New England Die. Kim That's A. Correct. Kim and Dave A. Bear. They Abear. are I wonderful to, people. I wanted to say a body, and I didn't want to get yeah. it wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I talked to Kim A. Bear yesterday. And she asked I love if they could put an ad in the paper. Yeah. Um, so I, I told them I'd give them some free love on the show. Yeah. Uh, they're looking to buy. If you have an evergreen tree on your property somewhere and you uh, want, they, they don't want you to donate it. They'll pay for it. They'll come. They'll cut down the tree. They'll do all the landscaping. They'll they'll crunch up the stump on the scene so there's, there's, you're not going to have any problems afterwards. Um, they're willing to buy your evergreen tree. It's got to be at least 40 feet. So they can then donate it to the city of Methuen for, oh, for the loop. At, fantastic uh, people. So uh, we yeah. really appreciate them doing that. We do. And there's a phone number here. I actually did get it before we got offline. How about that? Um, there's a phone number here. So, uh, so if you want to email them, it's dave at N-E-D-C. 
That's N as in Nancy, E, D as in dog, C as in Charlie.com, Dave at NEDC.com. And I don't have a phone number here. Oh, I do. 978-580-9099. 978-580-9099. If you've got a at least 40-foot tree on your property, they'll come, they'll they'll pay you for the tree. They'll landscape afterwards. They'll they'll churn down the uh, the stump, and they'll leave it in much better shape than when they started. Yep. I've known them since before they were in Methuen. Really? When they're in Haverhill, mm-hmm. uh, they are fantastic people. I'm 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 happy to have their ad, and I'm happy yep. to help them promote the idea because they're doing something good. Yep, I love it. So, is that it? Any final thoughts? Um, no, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to. Oh, he's giving them the wind up, yeah, wind up. Get the music, get the music, bring it up. There you the go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So thank you for having me again. I'll right. be back again in October. Unless you want me to come before then. You know, maybe if you have like yeah, one of the councils in me. Listen, know. I would love to get you and Jessica here. That would be the <laughs> highest rated show ever. And I would love to do it. And you know what? Who knows? She might actually agree to do it. I, I'm going to ask her again and see if she'll do it. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Lenny Mera, State Representative Lenny Mera. He needs not only your vote, but your uh, but your uh, donation. And if you're not sure where to send it, write the check out to Committee to Elect Lenny Mera. Send it to me at 75 Main Street, North Andover, Mass., and I will make sure he gets it. Uh, I also want to thank Clear Path New England. They're going to be here in two weeks, Clear Path New England, helping veterans, homeless veterans, veterans that need uh, that need services, that need to get their paperwork done for their insurance or whatever. Clear Path New England out of Devons. We appreciate them. Uh, also, uh, EIS Investigations, who sponsors this show. They don't pay him. They pay me um, for, for Sabre and McCarty, so you know, I don't have to spread more rumors. I want to thank, <laughs> we want to thank uh, uh, Climate Design Systems, who was supposed to be here today. Uh, Ron Marshan and Son. Don Smirgley of Pirelli's Deli. And who else do we have? Uh, we missed somebody. I know we did. JG's. Century 21, McLennan and Company, and JG's Ice Cream. Are you, are you, do you have anywhere to go after? Do you want to go up some ice cream after? I have to go to the foot doctor. Oh, you're not going to? We ran long. You don't want the, the marshmallow? Uh, I do want chocolate marshmallow, but I don't have time now. All right. All right. Okay. And the Methuen's Police Superior Officers Union, the Valley Patriot, as we were on the air, I got a text message from my driver. The Valley Patriots have been delivered to my warehouse. And they are uh, beginning to be distributed. So by tomorrow, East Methuen will be done. Almost all of Lawrence will be done. Pick up your copy of the Valley Patriot. You're going to love my column, or you're going to hate it, but you certainly should read it. Um, Thank you, Ben Kitchen, my fine, fine producer. He's the man. He's the only guy I haven't gotten fired yet so far. Yeah. Appreciate that. And we also appreciate Two Guys Smoke Shop here in Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Thank you, man. You're welcome. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. four weeks. Go home. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.